Thank you for listening to our midweek service from Christian Ministry Church. We're praying that this message blesses, encourages, and equips you to build the kingdom of God. And now a message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, we want to welcome you to our final lesson in this series as we wrap up these last six weeks. I won't be very long. I do want to cover just a few more points and go over a few things as we wrap our study up, moving our life from living in the wilderness to living a blessed land. Now, it just, it it grieves me when I read about God sending Moses in, delivering his kids out of slavery. I mean, miraculously delivering them out of slavery. They are saved, that they've been set free yet they live their whole life going around that mountain out in the desert. Now, that, that grieves me. I just think, what is the matter with you crazy people? I mean, the promise, what's the matter with you? And then I look at our life, and I think, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord, don't, don't let me go around that same mountain for 40 years that same insecurity for 40 years, that same low self-esteem for 40 years, that same temper or your same, whatever it is, whatever your mountain is, the blessed land is over there. And, and I just, I, I came to a point in my life where I refuse to not live in what God has for me. I am, now, I can't control anybody else. I can't control my kids. I can't control my neighbors. I can't, con- some of my staff, I can't control at all. They just stay all messed up. All I can't control life, but here's what I can do. I can be happy, and I can live blessed, and I can enjoy my day. I'm going to enjoy my life. I, I, Jesus came that I might have life and have it more abundant, and I'm not going to let some rug rat steal that from me. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live in the blessed, happy, abundant life that God has for me. And we've been talking about moving our life from that place of just cycling and cycling, moving out of that and moving in to that blessed land. And we have been learning through studying the Old Testament and through what Joshua did as he led God's kids into the promised land. And, and we're seeing our life under the new covenant and, and examples and phys- physical examples of what they actually went through that reveal spiritual truth to us. Joshua chapter 9 Joshua was enjoying victory after victory. They had gone in, and and you remember we talked about Jericho. Then we talked about Ai, and and, and just on and on. Well, we're living here. Man, life is good. We're living blessed. Well, you can know that the devil doesn't quit. Just know that. Whoa, things are going pretty good for me right now. Just know the devil doesn't quit. He's just relentless. And we talked about this. You've got to show the devil that you're more determined than he is. You're not going to give up. Well, this pagan town comes up with a creative strategy to save their own life. Well, they knew that God forbid the Israelites to make a treaty with the people of Canaan. 
flip back to Exodus chapter 23. We do a lot of going back and forth in our Bibles. Hold your place there in Joshua. Go back to Exodus chapter 23, verse 31. God is saying, I'm going to fix your boundaries from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea, from the eastern wilderness, Euphrates River. I'm going to hand over to you the people now living in the land. You're going to drive them out ahead of you. Verse 32. Now look at this. Make no treaties with them or their gods. They must not live in your land or they will cause you to sin against me. Anytime you let a little sin hang around, it's going to get you. You you just got to know that. Don't make a treaty. Don't side in. Don't align yourself with sin. And and you got to see that. Well, these folks knew that's that's what God told them. So they they come up with a con. Joshua chapter 9, verse 3. Here we go. The people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done at Jericho and then at Ai. They resorted to deception to save themselves. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, loading their donkeys with weathered saddlebags, old patched wineskins. They put on worn out patched sandals, ragged clothes, and the bread they took with them was dry and moldy. Sounds like some of the clothes I wear. When they arrive at the camp of Israel, they tell Joshua and the men of Israel, we've come from a distant land to ask you to make a peace treaty with us. The truth is they was just only a few miles away, just a few miles away. I always know Satan comes as a pretender. You got to know that. You got to understand that about the enemy. He's going to come as a pretender. He's going to come as a deceiver. And just because it seems like a good idea, just because it sounds like a good idea, always remember, remember this, Satan quoted scripture to Jesus. Always remember, well, Tim, you know, the Bible says, okay, I get that. But you got to remember Satan quoted scripture to Jesus when he's trying to deceive him. The Hivites, the Gibeonites, they, they lied. Here we go. Chapter 9, verse 7. The Israelites replied to these Hivites, how do we know you don't live nearby? For if you do, we can't make a treaty with you. Oh, they replied, we're your servants. Where do you come from, Joshua demanded. Your servants have come from a very distant country. We've heard of the might of the Lord your God and all he did in Egypt. Now they're going to appeal to Joshua's pride. We've heard about you. Oh, we've heard about you. We've heard about we've heard good things about. Okay, now be careful. You're getting sucked in right here, and you don't even realize it. Verse 11. So our elders and all our people instructed us, take supplies for a long journey. Go meet with the people of Israel and tell them, we are your servants. Please make a treaty 
with us. This bread was hot from the ovens when we left our homes, and now you can see it is dry and moldy. When you compromise with sin, when you believe that you can control the extent of your involvement with sin. Now, God said, don't make a treaty, drive them out. Okay, we're going to be your servants. We're going, God said, don't have anything to do with it. Drive it out. We're going to be your servants. See, alcohol will be your servant. It just calms me down. It just settles me down, Tim. It, it just, see, it's, it's a servant to me. See, drugs, it's a servant to me. It gives me peace. I mean, I've come from such a jerked up past. I can take drugs and I can just, see, the, it, we're going to be your servant. We're going to, okay, hold on. What did God say? Okay, what did God say for you to do? Drive out sin out of your life. But now we've got sin telling us, I'm going to be your servant. I'm going to help you. I'm going to, here, let me help you get through this situation that you're in. You just needed this. You just need a little of that. All right, let's read on verse 14, chapter 9, verse 14. So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. Tim, what's wrong with it? We looked at it. We've checked this out. It's not that big a deal. You know, it is legal now. Well, it's fine. See, look, look, look here. The Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. They're going to act on some superficial evidence. I always know there's a way that seems right to me, but the end's death. So I better not just, well, it seemed like the right thing to do. Well, at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do. We need God's wisdom. My prayer daily is, God, help me make right decisions. Don't let me go with the way that it seemed right for me. We need God's wisdom. So the Israelites did not consult the Lord. Joshua didn't pray. He just, it seems right, so here we go. Verse 16 Three days after making the treaty, they learned these people actually lived nearby. Are you amazed at how quick when you sin that you know that's the wrong thing? You, you know, I shouldn't have done that. What was I even at that party for? Why did I go? It just doesn't take long for you to be really aware of I shouldn't have done that. It just, three days. Okay. Bull. Whew. I messed this up right here. Verse 18. But the Israelites did not attack the towns, for the Israelite leaders had made a vow to them in the name of the Lord, the name of God. The people of Israel grumbled against their leaders because of the treaty. Now, here's another problem with us. When we mess up, here's what God said. We messed up. Well, I'm just going to have to go ahead and go with it because that, Wait a minute, I messed up. God, I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. Let me turn this around. Clearly, I made a mistake. Clearly, I did wrong. God, forgive me. I'm going to turn this around. But see, no, we're just going to go ahead and go with our decision anyway. Well, three days later, 
they figured out we made the wrong decision, but boy, there's just no backup. Here I go. Well, I started this, so okay. You had a little sip. You shouldn't have. You know you shouldn't have. You left there. You said, God, I told you I'd never do that again, and I did it. Repent and back up. Don't say, well, I've already blown it, so now I just jump off in, and they find me six months later still drunk. Come on. When you make a mistake, and we we do, when you make a mistake, own up to it and repent and back out. Don't just keep going headlong into the mistake that you made. Verse 23. May you be cursed. From now on, you will always be servants who cut wood and carry water for the house of God. Okay. We made this treaty with you. We're, you, you, may you be cursed, but we just come on here and make you servants and you work in the house. You're a heathen, but since you're here to service, we'll just put you in charge of our children's church. Let us just let you work in the nursery. Let us just dry. Come on, repent, get rid of sin. You don't just bring it in and make a treaty with it. You got to drive it. So now we got them working in the church. Now we, well, you can just be our servants. You come on in and work in the church. We go on down and scan through chapter 10. We see five kings joining against Joshua. Then in, in, in verse 8, we read God wanting to help them out. And in verse 11, we see a hailstorm killed more of the enemy than Joshua and his armies ever did. God is on your side. God is on your side. God, now I want to look at this. So you got to see this verse. God wins victories for us, but not apart from us. Verse 8, look in verse 8, chapter 10, verse 8. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said. I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. That happened because of verse 7. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, set out. See, we want God to go win the battle, but we're not even going to go fight. Now, when did the sea part? When they stepped in it. When did God win the battle for them? When they set out and, well, here we go, let's get going. Let's go. Then God goes ahead of you and wins the battle for you. Church, you're not going to lay on the couch and God do it for you. We co-labor with him, and you have to see that. Chapter 10, verse 16 through 26, we, we read the battle over, go in and mop it up. Now, you read this, you got to clean this out. What I learned very early is you can't leave traces of sin around. You can't leave a little sin in your life. You got to get it gone. You've, when you get born again and you turn your life around, all of that is over with. We don't do a little of this and a little of that and a little of Jesus because a little of the bad, and he said, leavens the whole lump. A little of the bad is going to come back around and get you. That, that's why we wipe this out. When you make agreements with the enemy, you will just, just know you're going to pay a heavy price. You'll ha pay 
a heavy price. And, and here's something also to always know. At some point, you're going to have to defeat this. Now, you didn't, and you hadn't, and you've fallen off of the wagon, and you're back in it again. At some point in your life, to walk in and live in that blessed land, you're going to have to defeat this. So why not just defeat it now rather than later? Let's just go ahead and deal with this now and not later. Chapter 13 through chapter 21, the actual signing of the land to the tribes. And in nine chapters, the word inheritance is found 50 times. In nine chapters, the word inheritance appears 50 times. It was given to them. They had an inheritance. They inherited this land from God, but we read they had to fight for every inch of it. And that's something that we just have a hard time getting hold of as Christians. We have to fight every step of the way. You and I have been adopted into the family of God. We have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. He said he would give me the peace that passes all understanding, that's mine. That is my inheritance from being adopted into the family of God is peace that passes all understanding. But now I have to fight every step of the way. And that is the track that we have seen all the way through this six-week study. You got to understand how God's plan for us works. Quickly go to chapter 22. Chapter 22, verse 4. And now the Lord your God has given the other tribes rest as he promised them. Go back home to the land that Moses, the servant the Lord gave you, as your possession to the east side of the Jordan. Verse 5. But be very careful to obey all the commands and the instructions that Moses gave to you. Ownership is a gift. Possession depends on our submission and obedience to the Lord. And, and we've got to see that. This isn't hard to see how God operates and God does not change. It said, God changeth not. God doesn't change our inheritance. We have been adopted into the family of God. All that he has has been given to me as an adopted son. I have ownership because of my inheritance. Now, I'm going to have to defeat lust every day. I'm going to have to defeat my anger every day. I'm going to have to defeat irresponsibility every day. I'm going to have to defeat laziness every day. It's just easier to turn over, pull back up the covers, and just sleep in than get up and get dressed and get yourself to work and be productive. See, I'm going to have to defeat. I'm blessed. I've been given a blessed life, but now I'm going to have to defeat laziness every step of the way. This is the track that God has laid out for us, the possession of God's promises. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what your Jericho looks like. I don't know what your AI looks like. I don't know what battle is next for you. It doesn't really matter. It's the same for all of us. You have to whip that to live in the promised land. You have to beat that. Now, what is it, as you sit right here, what is it in your life that's keeping you from living blessed and happy? 
Is it an addiction? Is it greed? Is it love? Is it anger? Are you full of hate because of what your dad did to you when you were a child at home? Is it full of hate because of a dad that walked off and left you and your mom? I don't know what it is that's inside you that's keeping you from living blessed, but you've inherited a blessed life. That's your inheritance. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you've been given an inheritance of a great life. You've got a great, great life. You have a blessed life. Now, what is it that's keeping you from that? We're going to have to whip it. We've got to get that out. Chapter 23, let's finish this up. The years passed, and the Lord had given the people of Israel rest from all of their enemies. Joshua was now very old. He called together all the elders and leaders and judges and officers of Israel, and he said to them, now I am a very old man. Joshua knows he's going to die. He knows he's at the end of his life. And this is what's amazing. As we read verse 3 through verse 16, he's not concerned about himself, but his concern is about people obeying the Lord. That's why our church is on the path that we're on. We're calling out sin. We're calling out this way this world is going. We're calling out school teachers that are teaching our kids this is an alternative lifestyle. This is okay. This is the way you go. I have read God blesses obedience to his word. God blesses obedience to his word and his commandments. And when we disobey his words and we disobey his commandments, his blessings are not on our life. In fact, his curses or on our life, and I've read that over and over and over again. And Joshua, as he is wrapping up his life, he's calling for obedience to God. Obey the Lord. Keep all of the commandments that he's given you. Obey the Lord. Walk daily. God, I want to obey you today. God, as I work, as I go through what you call me to do, I want to walk in obedience to you. And in these next few verses, Joshua presents two scenarios, and only two. Number one, you obey the Lord and be blessed. Number two, disobey and be judged and be removed from the promised land. The land is a place we live that is blessed, and you're going to be removed from that. When we get saved, boy, we get in church, we just wrongly assume God's promises are going to automatically be fulfilled without a struggle in our life. And I don't know how many times I have heard, well, Tim, I didn't have this much trouble before I was saved. Well, Tim, I've had more trouble since I've been saved than I had before I was saved. Well, duh. When you're going with the devil, he's not fighting against you. For the first time in your life, you've turned around and you are going against the devil. You can know there's going to be struggle. I didn't have this kind of struggle before. I started going to church and all hell broke loose. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, that's exactly what happens for us. And we fight for the possession of what God has given us. Salvation is given by grace. Possession is obtained by obedience and defeating one enemy after the next. Chapter 21, 
chapter 21, verse 43. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it, and they settled there. That's me. I'm taking possession of it, and I'm settling in the land that God has for me. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he has solemnly promised their ancestors. None of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all their enemies. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. All right. Back, hold your place. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. Now, I want you to see this. Hold your place right here. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Geb wilderness to the south, Lebanon mountains in the north, Euphrates River, the east, the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I promise I'm giving you this. That's what God said. Chapter one, verse three, for the next 23 chapters, we read one fight after the next. For the next 23 chapters, we read one battle after the next until we get to chapter 24, verse 14. We're living in the land. One battle after the next, verse chapter 24, verse 14. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your ancestors' worship when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Move your life. Move your life from the wilderness to a place of being blessed. Move your life to a place of being blessed. The Israelites spent their entire existence in the Old Testament seeing firsthand one simple lesson. When we obey God, we're blessed. When we walk in disobedience, we're cursed. I don't know what you're going to do. I, I, I really don't. I don't know if you're going to choose the God of drugs, if you're going to choose the God of money. I, I don't know what you're going to do, but here's what I'm telling you. For me and my house... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to serve the Lord. You got to make a choice. You got to make a choice. Here's what I advise. Here's what I suggest. You choose the Lord. And then you roll up your sleeves and you say, God, I'm going to have everything that you have for me. God, I read about your promises. I read about the blessed life. God, I read about peace. I read about happiness. I read about joy. I know you're no respecter of persons. And God, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to continue to live this old life of going around this mountain, drunk and sober, drunk and sober, drunk and sober, 
one rehab to the next, one job to the next, one failure to the next. God, here's what I'm doing. I'm moving out of that, and I'm going to move my life into the place of milk and honey. I am going to walk in all you have for me. Now, know that there's a lot of fights. There's a lot of battles. Whip your anger. Whip your lust. Whip your greed. Whip your jealousy. Whip your hatred. Let's get all of these things defeated. But I want the members of this church to live blessed. Y'all stand. Lord, today we're, we're, we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. We're, we're sick and tired of one more mountain, one more round around the mountain, one more round. Lord, we're tired of that. And right now, Lord, we're, we're saying, I, I'm, I'm living different. My mouth is not going to control me. I'm, I, my temper is not going to control me. I am going to live in peace, happy, and blessed. I see the inheritance that you have for me, and I plan on living in all that you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.